Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. I never thought this this question, how would one lose a tortoise? It's a good question. I mean, how did they not think that was going to get over? We love watching the fat man dance. Oh my fucking god, he's Kamehameha waving the bats. He's not doing a good job with pulling the pictures at the right time. Well, you're an idiot, dude. Shut the fuck up. Well then, in one, two, three. Hello, greetings, guten tag, salutations, or however else you might say hello, and welcome to VFTR 2.0. I am Chad, actually coming to you from the cave, even says so on the wall right there. And I am joined, of course, by the co-host with the mostest, my good buddy, the man that we call Big Baby Daddy Diesel. Yes, I am happy to be joining you here from the VGM realm. As you can see, it says it back here behind me. Um, which is located in Diesel's Dapper Dungeon of Delight. So delightful in this realm here. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Like, what's your favorite cheese? Uh, my favorite cheese is definitely Pepper Jack. Not, not because it's probably the best cheese, but it's the most versatile, and I use it on the most things. So it's got to be Pepper Jack. Pepper Jack is the most versatile and I love Pepper Jack, but I'm going a step above. Uh, Pick and Save sells a buffalo cheddar. And it's basically Pepper Jack, but it's cheddar. And they mix in, like, buffalo sauce, too. And it's delicious. And this is how you know that we are a Wisconsin-based podcast. When we open the show, talking about cheese. For no fucking reason at all. I didn't know what to say. That is for some reason. I'm, like, we're Wisconsin. Cheese is always on my brain. Cheese, beer, and football. Woo! Listen to our new football podcast. Okay, let's get into our first <laughs> segment. And it is, of course, hashtag TRT. Otherwise known as Top Rope Topics. Uh, I know we weren't on last week. We had a backdoor pilot for our new NFL podcast that you can check out here on Visionaries Global Media. I'm going to take a leaf out of Tom's book and just self-plug the shit out of us today. But we're back with some more wrestling chatter. So, Diesel, what's our first topic we're covering this week? The first topic is, so I believe the first time this happened was Friday night on SmackDown. During a commercial break, um, the live crowd heard the song white rabbit by jefferson airplane and yeah so it was really cryptic like what could it be about and a lot of things are pointing to it being pretty wide um also it could be um carrying cross because when he was in lucha underground he was the white rabbit um this happened again on monday night on raw but also there was a segment with austin theory because he reclaimed his name and he behind him was a QR code, and if you like actually used the QR code, it took you to this website where you played a game of Hangman, 
with uh, White Rabbit was on the screen, and it was I think it said you did it was the code, and I don't know. A lot of things are pointing towards Bray Wyatt. That's what the rumor is. That's what everyone thinks it's going to be. I think it's probably going to be Bray Wyatt too, but I do like the fact that there is that little bit of doubt that maybe it's not because there's been a lot of things throughout the summer that have been, is this Bray Wyatt? Like uh, I remember uh, Edge when he was coming back to face Judgment Day, like the, like this first like vignette, like people were thinking maybe it's Bray Wyatt or uh, Dexter Loomis with his glove in the background. Uh, Bray Wyatt, and I wonder if maybe those teases were intentional to make you think that. So then, when they get to the like point where they're going to bring Bray Wyatt back, you are questioning yourself. I think it is Bray Wyatt. It also said nine twenty three on the video too, which is Friday, and everybody knows that Fridays is SmackDown. Um, Bray Wyatt returns on SmackDown. I'm going to be jacked. It's almost to the point where it's like, do I have to watch SmackDown this week just because Bray Wyatt might return? Like, in my mind, that's a huge deal. Bray Wyatt's a huge deal. So, I don't know. I'm contemplating. And we've had so many cryptic tweets from Bray Wyatt himself over the course of this summer as well. He's been changing his Twitter profile picture, changing his bio, Posting all these wild and wacky things where we keep thinking, ooh, this is going to be the time. Bray Wyatt's coming back soon. And then, yeah, with this whole white rabbit thing, wasn't the clue for Hangman who killed the world or something yeah. like that? And it said, you did or you did it? You did it. Or yeah. you did. I think it was just you did. I think it was just six letters yeah. for you did. And that's a very Bray Wyatt thing to say. If Bray Wyatt's, I guess... Sidebar, I guess. Coming back is... Who is he coming back as? Is he the Fiend? Is he old school cult leader Bray Wyatt? Is he Wyndham Rotunda? Is he Husky Harris? I think it's going to be an evolution of everything. I feel like you can't have him come back as the Fiend because of how it ended. I mean, and I know that WWE loves to rewrite history, and they could, but I mean, the fans aren't going to be as into it just because you already told the story once and you fucked it up. So I feel like the best course of action is taking it a step further into a new character, but maybe still have some of that fiend stuff going on. Like, I don't know. Maybe, like, when he was the Fiend, he came back as Bray Wyatt and wrestled Braun Strowman in that horrible, like, swamp match, whatever that was. But he was Bray Wyatt. He was the cult leader Bray Wyatt again. He wrestled as the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt. I feel like, I don't know. The way there's so many, like, he's like an onion. There's so many layers to this character that I feel like, He's not like other wrestlers who change gimmicks. He's all of his gimmicks all at the same time. And I think it would be cool if they could present him in that way somehow. I don't know. I feel like if anybody could do it, though, it would be Bray Wyatt. Just because of like how much he knows his characters and like his brain. Like 
he's like he's really really smart like to do what he did with everything that he's done with bray wyatt as the call leader as the fiend as anything he's just he's a great wrestling mind he might not be the greatest in-ring wrestler but you put all the other stuff like with him it makes him one of the best wrestlers of this generation because of his character work. I am happy that if he does return to WWE, because it's not set in stone, we don't know anything for sure. I'm glad that it will be WWE that he's going to, because I feel like it wouldn't have been the same in AEW, and he would have probably went down the similar path as Miro. Yeah, I feel like I don't, and I don't think he really needs it. I, I don't want this to come across as he needs it, but he deserves the high budget, like high quality things that the WWE can provide to him for like his characters and things like that. Like, don't get me wrong. The few cinematic matches that AEW have done have been fine, but they have been nothing in comparison to the scope and level to what they gave like Bray Wyatt or The Undertaker in WWE. I will stand by this till the day I die. The Firefly Funhouse, John Cena versus Bray Wyatt is one of the greatest pieces of wrestling, and I put wrestling in quotes, that will ever exist. Never did I think I would see something like that in pro wrestling. It was such a perfect encapsulation of the ripping apart of an actual character who had defined WWE for so long, and I just... I still go back. I've rewatched that Firefly Funhouse match multiple times. I've probably watched it five or six times at least. And I'll throw on little parts of it every once in a while just to check it out. Because it's equally funny, riveting, and disturbing in a lot of ways all at the same time. And that was all Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt is just... I, I still can't believe... I don't care how much money they were paying him. I don't care anything about any of the backstage behind the scenes politics the fact that bray wyatt got released is still one of the most mind-boggling things in the world to me the fiend is one of if not the most popular creation of the wwe for probably what a decade at least like and to let him go and just go yeah you do whatever you want and then now for it to finally when that was at this point what over two years ago a year ago it was in I believe July twenty one so yeah it's been a year and a quarter year and a quarter since like yeah and we and haven't seen Bray Wyatt at all I know and it's it's nuts I also think that being Triple H being in charge he's gonna have a lot longer leash. Triple H is going to be like, dude, I love what you do. Like, I feel like Triple H is a fan of Bray Wyatt. And I feel it's vice versa. That's why Bray Wyatt will come back to the WWE to work for Triple H. I don't know if Bray Wyatt would have even come back to wrestling 100% if Vince McMahon was still in charge of the WWE. Because obviously he didn't have interest in Impact. They, like, offered him a big deal. I'm sure that... AEW that contacted him and tried to offer him a deal. I don't think like he really cares about wrestling as much as he cares about 
his character, and I think the best place for his character is WWE, and he knows that. But Vince McMahon was holding them back. He wouldn't, he wouldn't give him full reign to be the fiend like he wanted to be, like he was at the beginning. And I think that's what happened. And Vince McMahon just like he is a problem, and we need to get rid of him. And because all he does is complain, 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 and he never wants to do what I tell him to do. And I'm the boss, so you're out of here. You know, so I think it'll work like that with Triple H. I think he'll come to Triple H and be like, dude, this is what I want to do. And Triple H would be like, that's awesome. Here you go. Here's the cash. Go do it. Here's a blank check. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited for a Bray Wyatt return. What if just Devil's Advocate? What if? And everybody will know the answer tomorrow because we're always a day behind. When it comes to Dynamite, what if Bray Wyatt debuted at Dynamite Grand Slam tonight? And, like, yeah. I mean, that would be the equivalent to Lex Luger showing up on the first Nitro. It really would. I was just about to say, that would be a full-on cannonball shot to the bow of WWE. If Tony Khan pulled that kind of shit, especially if... If this whole teaser isn't Bray Wyatt, and it is for, like, Karrion Cross, because I know I've seen, we talked about that, he was the White Rabbit in Lucha Underground. It also has the hourglass uh, imagery on uh, the little QR code website. So yeah. if it was all Karrion Cross, and then Tony Khan somehow figures out and gets Bray Wyatt to come on AEW TV tonight, people are going to want to watch SmackDown on Friday because people are going to be pissed. So that is... A full on, this is now war. Like, this is no longer the Cold War. This is, I'm firing a nuke over there and we're going to see what happens. I mean, if it is carrying cross too, I think that's also really smart because then you've generated a lot of heel heat because people are pissed off because it wasn't Bray Wyatt. And it might be like, it will be heat on. Carrying cross, but it really will be like projected at WWE as a whole. But he's heat, and that's what they want. And so I think either way, whether it's carrying, this is one of the two. It has to be one of the two. So yeah. either way, it would make me wonder why they're doing this because they re-debuted carrying cross like about two months ago now, maybe a month and a half ago. I don't know the exact date, but it'd be weird if they were doing these vignettes and like re-debuting him again. Why didn't they just do this in the first place? But I think that it's it's hard to get heat in 2022. It's hard to get booed nowadays. We're all such smart, smarky crowds and things like that. We don't boo the people we're supposed to boo. Biggest so heel, if, yeah, biggest heel in the business. MJF gets cheered yeah. every time his music hits. The crowd pops, and then they go back into we're booing him. But like the second his music hits, he gets the loudest pop of the night. Yeah. So if the only way to get true heat anymore is to just, you know, trick us, I guess that's what the uh, level they're going to. Bo, stop showing your butt to the camera. It's like three times in the past, like, five minutes. Chill out, bro. <laughs> I, I think that's a good uh, spot to transition yeah. to AEW. Uh, Cat butthole, AEW. Perfect segue. Nailed it.
Um, the second topic that we're going to discuss today is just AEW as a whole since All Out. Like we didn't really have a show last week, and we talked about everything that happened after All Out a couple weeks ago. But we've had a couple of dynamites. Um, we've seen that the world title was stripped, the trios title was stripped, which I don't really feel like Tony Khan really had much of a choice. Um, it, it is kind of lame that the Elite were the first trios champion and immediately got stripped of the titles. I do think it's pretty cool though that uh, Death Triangle are the champions. I mean, Pac is the first double champion in AEW history. What a weird nuts. thing to happen right there. Like, oh, we're going to – sorry, Pac. You know, we've pretty much mistreated you. We know you had visa issues. Then you were hurt for a while. Like, we're really sorry. We're going to give you this made-up championship and give you this huge win at Forbidden Door. Oh, fuck. The Bucks fucked up. Nope. No, you can have the trios title as well. Like, do you think they realized or even thought about, oh, shit, he's the first ever double champion now? Yeah, and I mean, like, technically not the first trios champion, but, I mean, he's the longest tenured trios champion. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. He's it's, made it through two shows. Right? Oh, AEW, like, I felt the past two weeks, like, Week one after uh, All Out, I felt like they were trying way too hard with, like, pandering to the crowd. And, like, I don't know, Tony Khan went a little insane at the beginning. Like, I liked his announcement about, like, stripping the titles and having the tournament, even though right now I'm sick of tournaments for the world title because they just had one. Um, And then like announcing that the trios championship be on the line that night. But then all of a sudden, like going into like, I don't remember what he said. It's been two weeks, but him getting all aggressive and his face getting all mad. And like, I don't know. Tony Khan is an interesting man. Um, I don't know. And then with Wardlow cutting that promo, who it's pretty sad. He was so over at the beginning of the summer. And now it's just like, dude, I don't want you on my screen anymore. It's, I don't know why, but it's like cringeworthy. Every time he says Wardlow's world, it's just like, stop it. That's suffering. That's suffering succotage. Like, that's what I hear when I hear Wardlow's world. It's like, dude, you just ruined your character with that one catchphrase. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Do you know what I think of every time I hear him say Wardlow's world? What's that? Do you remember the old 90s cartoon show, Bobby's, Bobby's World? World? Yes. I, th- I, th- I think of mother effing giant ass Wardlow on a little trike, like riding through a house every time he says Wardlow's World, because that's how that show opened. It's it's so, yeah, it's so cringy. And like Wardlow, I think we do have to go back to MJF fucked Wardlow. Like that was supposed to be his crowning achievement. And instead, all we talked about was, is MJF on a plane or not? Yeah, I mean, MJF really didn't help Wardlow. But at the same time, the booking hasn't helped Wardlow either. It's like getting the TNT championship is almost like a curse. For real. Like, you go back all the way to the beginning and, like... Cody Rhodes, look what happened like to his rest of his AW tenure. He's had it three times too, which is funny. Um, I mean, RIP to Brody. 
Like and the, the title didn't do that to him, but it's just it's sad. I mean that you can say that's added to the curse. Who knows? Um, Miro, Darby Allen, like Sammy Guevara. Darby Allen survived the best out of all of it. I believe. I think Darby Allen is in a good spot for where he's at. I interesting. It's kind of shifting my thought. We can go back into it if you had something to say. But the Sting stuff about uh, him becoming the new leader of uh, House of Black. You didn't know this. No, I did not see That's this. That's the rumor. That's the rumor because he got sprayed. Yeah. So, like, I guess they're going to, like, try to tell a story that, like, it affects you. And now with Malachi Black getting released from AEW, House of Black is still apparently a thing. And they're going to need a new leader. And the rumor is it's Sting. And I can see that going to be really good or really bad. But I do want to see it play out. I won't lie, Madman Sting, and I guess Joker Sting is the better way to put it from Impact, is some of my favorite terrible pro wrestling. Steve Borden, that's that's his real name. Sting was my favorite wrestler growing up as a kid. I love Sting so much, I even watch his made-for-TV movie on TNT after Nitro, okay? I was, like, Sting was my boy. Always loved Sting. So once he went to Impact, I was watching Sting on Impact as well. Sting can cut one hell of an absolute psycho promo. Like, because this was right after The Dark Knight came out. Because pro wrestling, if it does one thing, it apes whatever is popular in the pop culture. So the minute Heath Ledger's Joker was super popular, Sting was like, ooh, I'm going to change my face paint and I'm going to go nuts. And so... If they make the House of Black an unhinged kind of thing, I think that would be really cool. But if Sting stays the same stoic Sting that like Malachi Black kind of was, and it's still just gothy and just dark and quiet, that's not enough of a change. So I will be really upset. I've seen Sting do this quiet stuff for this whole time. I don't need Raptor's Sting. I want Joker's Sting. I want crazy ass painting his face with a giant smirk sting. Where does this leave Darby Allen though? You know, like, is he joining with them? Is he breaking away from Darby Allen? Cause I could see Darby Allen fitting in the house of black. I was just going to say, I think if sting goes to house of black, Darby Allen follows. And then eventually you could tell a breakup story. I don't know. Darby Allen's the forgotten pillar of uh, AEW. And I know he's got some behind-the-scenes stuff that he, the Me too and he's apparently not a very good person in real life. But he's been there since the beginning and has put on great, great matches with just about everyone on the entire card from top to bottom. And has just always been there and so consistent, and yet he's just there. Like he's the like forgotten pillar. Yeah, I I like Darby Allen. I think that it would be I wouldn't like it if they broke up Sting and Darby Allen, especially with the powerhouse Hobbs and um uh, I can think of I can, I'm doing his thing right now. I can't think of his name right now for some reason. Um Ricky Stocks, that's his name. Uh 
Yeah, I think it would. It sucks because they're doing that right now. They're doing the whole Lucha, Soros, Jungle Boy breakup. I think to add another breakup on top of everything is just going to feel hokey. Like, I'm not really into the Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs one that much. I don't think they're really doing a great job with it. They're doing a good job showcasing Powerhouse Hobbs, and they're doing a great job with Ricky Starks as a babyface, but as the story goes, I just feel like it's cookie cutter, my best friend turned his back on me kind of bullshit. Um, I think there's a little more legs with the Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, because you have Christian Cage involved, and it's almost like he brainwashed Luchasaurus, which makes it more of a complete story in my mind, and that's almost a blood feud. I don't really... I don't think the Hobbs and Starks feud has reached the level of a blood feud just yet, but I want to backtrack to what Chad said about watching the Sting movie after Nitro when he was a kid. I found out not too long ago about uh, Sting being on Walker, Texas Ranger, and yeah. Huh, that show. I am not that big of a fan of that show. My brother, my dad loved that show, but I it wasn't that big of a fan of the show. But I found out that he was on there, and I found out that he was, like, the bad guy in the episode. So I had to see this episode for show. And I watched it, and he's not a very good actor. He's a good wrestler. He can cut a promo. But when it comes to, like, acting on the silver screen or whatever the hell they call your television, he's not very good. I was laughing my ass off and it wasn't funny. It wasn't even a funny episode, but I was also probably really high, but that's beyond the point. Um, I'm trying to just fill time for Chad. Look at all the chats. Funko pops back there. If you're watching on YouTube, if Chad put this video up on YouTube, you actually get to see the cave and look at all those Funko pops back there. Comment down below which one is your favorite and tell Chad why he should take down that Patriots towel because it's ridiculous that he's a Patriots fan. Um, there's Chad Starcast, uh, Lanyard. Uh, he won a medal. I wonder if that's our podcast award. I don't know. It could be. It might not be either. Yeah, we won a podcast award one time. I don't know if uh, you remember that, but uh, that happened. That was uh, like four years ago, though. We did win an award all the way back. How much, how much of this did you hear? I heard it all. Cool. How did I do? Remote headphones. I mean, if you wouldn't have said that I had walked away, I don't think anyone would have known. Well, I mean, if you put the video on YouTube, they would have. Yeah. Well, obviously. But I didn't yes. want to say anywhere, so I had to kill time and talk about your Funkos. And then, uh, yeah, I did want to tell you the story about the time I watched Sting and Walker, Texas Ranger. And that yeah. was... I remember watching that as well. I hated Walker, Texas Ranger, but I checked that episode out. And Sting, of course, you're going to watch it. Just like every time Stone Cold was on, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges, yes. Like every time, I never watched Nash Bridges unless Stone Cold was on there. And he was only on there for like five minutes out of the whole like 42 minutes, but like I watched the whole episode. Yeah. No, I mean, there's not many pro wrestlers who actually can make the jump to acting. Some of them can. We clearly have seen it. And the one who actually... Cena now, it. Huh? Cena it. Yeah. Just a, you know, wink, wink. But Edge actually was a pretty solid actor. Did a lot of sci-fi shows for his uh, time where he couldn't wrestle. And I actually enjoyed him. 
right, so where were we? We were talking about the House of Black. Yeah. Uh, AEW. What else was going on in AEW? So we got the tournament. Like, I don't know. I feel. I feel it's almost a cop out the way. Yeah, let's say. How do you feel that it's going to be John Moxley versus the American Dragon for the final? I I like that because. I mean, my opinion, uh, Brian Danielson is going to win that match. Um, I feel like uh, John Moxley should have never lost the title in the first place. Um, but I, I feel like Brian Danielson doesn't have many years left to wrestle. I feel like if you're going to put him the title on him, now is the perfect opportunity because he's in this match. And... I don't know. It's I overall it's, it's kind of a bummer, but they have to do something like this because this is the only way they're going to move forward. And this is technically a big money match. It's two of their biggest stars. They're on the same team. They had a great match. What was it at full gear when yep. William Regal debuted? Like they can go. It's going to be a good match. And I won't be disappointed if uh, Moxley wins either, because really, he's uh, it's it's between him and Kenny Omega who's been the best AEW champion, and arguably Moxley has been the best AEW champion overall. Um, I don't know. I, I I I can't wait to move past this. That's basically what I feel. Yeah, I don't know. I. I really do. I still really dig AEW. I think it's it's a great product. I love that we have an actual alternative to WWE and that they're doing well. But I'm pretty down on WWE or AEW right now. I don't care about this John Moxley Daniel Bryan match, Bryan Danielson match. I just I don't it's why can't we try to put somebody else over for a minute? Like is John Moxley really going to be a three-time champ? Like, if he wins, he is three-time AEW champion. And the company's been around for how long? Means he's had more reigns years? than years in company. Okay? That's for yeah, a title that was so prestigious going, to start. Oh, I believe sorry. they're having their fourth, uh, I guess it would be their third anniversary in October. Never mind. You're right. Yeah. So, a title that was so prestigious to start. Like, it felt like... Yes, you have to really win this title. Now feels like it's being hot potatoed. And I know that injuries have happened here and we've had, you know, things come up and that's why, you know, we're having some of these problems. But God, I just, I would rather see basically any other of the people in the finals for this match here. Like, because already, and I know that the Blackpool Combat Club is cool with fighting each other because, you know, they just like to fight. But this already starts to feel like we're going to put, like, a, you know, wedge in this group now. And I don't want that. I want this group to stick around. I'm just starting to, like, enjoy having these guys all together. I think they're really meshing well. And I don't know. I just think it's another misstep for AEW in a multitude of missteps over the course of this past like six months. Like these past six months in AEW have felt real bad. Like they just haven't clicked 
Like, it feels like they went from all being on the same page to everyone ripping up the book and going, I'm writing my own. WCW. Correct. Um, yeah, well, I want to talk before we end this topic. I want to talk about MJF. And because he's been back in the last two weeks and his promo two weeks ago when it basically opened the show after the Tony Khan announcement, he came out to babyface pop. He was wearing a uh, hockey jersey for the Sabres. They're in Buffalo. He was. No, no, it was never mind. It was Josh Allen jersey. My bad. They're in Buffalo, though. I remember that. Uh, he came out and he cut this babyface promo. And I'm waiting for it to turn and like him to shit on the crowd. And I feel like they did it for the perfect amount of time because like I, they got me because like when Moxley came out during that promo, I go, huh, maybe they are going to roll with it. Maybe he is a baby face now. And if I would have waited just like a minute longer for Moxley's entrance and him to get in the ring. That's when he showed that he wasn't the baby face. And I'm like, God damn it. They got me. I thought they did a really good job with that. Um, I'm, but it's also, they're already setting Moxley versus MJF up, which also makes me think they're going with Danielson for the championship because they want you to think that Moxley's going to win. They want you to surprise you. I don't know. A whole bunch of different stuff, but I, I like, MJF's like how he is number one contender. He won the ladder match. He can cash in anytime he wants. And I like that MJF is the guy that can do that. I, and I would love to see a Moxley MJF feud. And if it is for the title, I just feel like it's too soon to start this. Wait until after they have the championship match and then go from there. It just it just feels like it's mistimed. And then last week with MJF explaining uh, Stokely Hathaway and the firm, what they were, I was totally confused by that. Like, what is their motivation? Are they hired guns or are they going for these titles, all these weak-ass titles that <laughs> Stokely Hathaway did? And then, then you have, uh, was it W. Morrissey? Big cast, whatever the fuck. He uh his only reason for being there is because he does whatever he wants. And it's just like I don't know. I wasn't into it. A lot of people liked it. I'm like, this didn't explain anything. It's just another faction they threw together. It's basically the pinnacle 2.0, but worse. And I don't know. I don't think I was in for that. Yeah, for as much as I have harped on for years that WWE needs more factions. I feel like AEW has proven WWE right and that I was wrong that whole time. And apparently only New Japan Pro Wrestling and the Japanese pro wrestling companies understand how to do factions right. Because, yeah, it does feel like this. I'm going to say you're giving them too much credit for calling them the Pinnacle 2.0. This feels like the Nightmare Factory 2.0, like just with bigger names, because it is so thrown together that it just it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I love Ethan Stokely Page. Hathaway. Ethan Page should not be involved in this. No. Ethan Page should be doing something great. I don't... There's so many guys on the AEW roster who I now feel bad for. Like, AEW used to be the place where I'd always be like, yes, I'm glad you're going there. And then it did, like... It started getting to the point where, like, ooh, are there are too many people there. Now it's to the point where 
there's so many people there that you have to watch even their squash match YouTube shows if you even want to see some of your favorite people. And folks, I ain't got that kind of time. I, I even at the shows when I've gone to see them live, I generally use that time period to go grab another beer unless one of our local independents that we really like happened to be in the match to get squashed. So what happened to, um, okay, what's his name? Ethan Page's partner. I can't think of it. Scorpion Sky. Scorpio, Scorpio Sky. Sky. What, what happened to Scorpio Sky? Like, why did they break up men of the year? Like, I, I think that they mishandled them. I feel like they probably should have turned them babyface at the beginning of the summer when Scorpio Sky won the TNT championship. But then all of a sudden, now Ethan Page is in this faction and we haven't heard from Scorpio Sky. Like, I don't remember ever hearing that he got injured or anything like that. I just, I liked Men of the Year and I thought they had potential. At one point, I thought they were actually going to win the tag championships. It's just, I don't, Ethan Page should not be in this group. The guns make sense. Um, Lee more more ah, I can't say his name. Moriarty. Lee Moriarty. Yeah, he makes sense. And Big Cass, I'm not even calling by his AEW names. I think it's stupid. He even makes sense just because he's a nothing. He really is. He's a nothing. And the other guys are up and comers. It's just like, I mean, I hate to compare him to Jake Hager, but like they're kind of the same. I like Jake Hager now. I didn't like him as Jack Swagger, but as Jake Hager. He fits his role perfectly. He's He does a great job in his role. I'm glad they found a spot for him and something that he can do because I enjoy Jake Hager now. But I don't think I'll ever enjoy William or W. Morrissey. Like He looks jacked, though. He looks great. He looks great. I'm glad he got his life together. At least he's together. not with Enzo. At least he's not with Enzo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm glad for Morrissey. Like he, he, you know, had all those issues. He passed out at ringside. He was, you know, apparently very heavily drinking and everything like that. Got himself all cleaned up. You know, looks great. Glad he's got an AEW contract. But this is just such a nothing group. Like, what do you, what is even the story you're going to tell with them? Like, are they, that's what, that's what I want to know. Like, you already have this group kind of with the Dark Order, but we like the Dark Order. Like, whatever story you want to tell with this firm group, fuck it. Don't do it, and let's just push the Dark Order some more. Like, I just don't understand at all what their mentality is here. In some factions, I also believe it's okay to have more than five fucking members. Like, throw some guys into some other factions. Look at New Japan. It works out because it's... They're like faction warfare, but but you have so many like pieces that you can pit against people, different rivalries and all this stuff. I'm not saying that we should go to like 20 man factions or something like that, but like seven people isn't horrible. You know what I mean? Or even doing a faction of four or three isn't horrible. It's like, but they, they're just stuck on if we have a faction, there has to be five members. If they don't have five members, they are not a faction. And it's like, so it feels like, well, we're not doing anything with Ethan Page right now. We need this extra piece. Um, let's just throw him in here. You know, it's like, I don't know. Are they going to be involved with MJF going forward? Like, is are they going to be like his insurance policy? Like, 
what is I like that's what I don't understand. If there's meaning behind this, if it's like MJF is paying these guys to do things, that's one thing. But like otherwise, I'm confused because that promo sounded like they were gonna win the like Mid Atlantic Championship and Tag Team Championships and whatever Lee Moriarty the Pure Championship. I think. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just why that's dumb. <laughs> Hey, while we're still on AEW, I have one more thing that I really want to bitch about real quick here. And it's the fact that Claudio is now being treated once again like a second fiddle. And don't get me wrong, I know he's the Ring of Honor world champion, but that belt at this moment, and I'm sorry to say it, means absolutely jack shit. And what are all the other members of the Blackpool Combat Club doing? Oh, they're getting pushes. Boy, are they getting pushes. And what's happening to Claudio? Oh, he's sitting basically on the sidelines and gets to fight Chris Jericho for the one billionth time. Woo! I mean, kind of speaking, this is kind of in the same territory. What are they doing with Daniel Garcia? I, I like that he won the Pure Championship a couple weeks ago on... Uh, Dynamite. He's basically being presented as a babyface right now, but I'm still waiting for that hook. I'm waiting for him to help Chris Jericho do something, or like I don't, I don't think he's leaving the JAS, even though he would be a way better fit in the Blackpool Combat Club. It's just, I don't know, I don't know. It's, I'm just so confused. Like, what are they waiting for? What are they gonna do? Like all they do lately is just show them watching uh, Brian Danielson or Chris Jericho matches, and that's that's it. Like I don't know. I it's just love me some Daniel Garcia, nicest guy too. ever. Got me I, my shirt back. Thank you, Daniel Garcia. I know you're an avid listener to our podcast as well. So once again, I mean, thank you he, for that. I don't know him personally, never met him, but uh, he seems like he's a great guy and he's an awesome wrestler. And his matches against. Um, Wheeler Yuta, like they've had some classics, like, and I'm glad that they've got to do it on TV. Their match on Dynamite wasn't as good as their match at the Ring of Honor pay per view, but I mean, it was still a really fucking good match. Um, I think commercials really like hinder matches. That's that's why I hate when they do super long matches on TV and then they have like three commercial breaks in it. It's like, dude, use all your commercial breaks earlier in the show. Maybe have like one in the main event. Yeah, it's not. It bugs me. It really does bug me. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about AEW. I'm for the most part, I am down on them. Still a big fan. Still watch it every week. I've been watching Rampage because Rampage is slowly turning into a glorified dark or dark elevation. It's not as much squash matches, and they do put more high profile matches on there because it's on TNT, but. It's it hasn't been good in a while. Unless and it's, it's a live pretty one. predictable. Um, yeah, it's 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 not as much as SmackDown as it is Sunday Night Heat. That's what it is to me. One last thing about AEW, because I did just think about this. Would AEW be this wishy-washy right now if they didn't have a billion injuries right now? Like, say that. And there's one name right now. If Adam Cole, Bay Bay, wasn't injured, 
he would be the world champion, right? He'd be they would have put him in the tournament and they would like because they said that Brian Danielson was like a six-time world champ or something like that, but he never won a championship in AEW. So they would put him in there and said that he well, they would have also said he's a three-time Ring of Honor champion or something like that, too. But above all, they would have said he was the first Owen Hart tournament winner or something. Yes, I think that he would have been in the conversation, but I still think this would have been the final. And that that annoys me more than anything. <laughs> and I, with the wishy-washy question, I do believe, with even if everyone was at full strength, I feel like once Cody left, it kind of caused a ripple effect and everyone kind of like looked at their situation and was like, what the fuck? You know, like, cause before it's like, this is a great, this is an alternative. We don't have to work for WWE. There's some guys that were like overlooked by WWE. They were getting like showcased on AEW. And then all of a sudden Cody left. And then they're like looking at it. Like, why did he leave? And they actually see all the cracks and I think the fans started to see all the cracks and, Unfortunately for AEW, Vince McMahon retired. <laughs> like, oh my God, they'd be in great shape if Vince McMahon was still running that company. But yeah, in this short amount of time, like two months, it has the world is like took a one eighty, and it's mm-hmm. it's nuts. I mean, it is insane to think that how much that one like, and I know, I mean, Vince McMahon was a linchpin. He was, you know. One of the biggest pins on the board, holding everything there. But just removing that pin has completely, like, reversed the axis of the entire world on pro wrestling. Because, yeah, there was some, like, problems in the AEW backstage area. But everyone was still like, oh, no, it's still cool back here. The minute, the minute Triple H took back over, everyone was like, well, fuck, he was way nicer to me than Tony Khan's ever been. I liked Papa Trips over there. He was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, uh Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's a perfect segue to talk about talking about one man who didn't know how to say when enough is enough to another old man who doesn't know when to say enough is enough. And that is Ric Flair, because I heard in Wrestling News this morning that he – is training again for another match because his final match that he had back at the end of July, I think it was August, one of the two, he wasn't enough for him. Passing out legitimately twice in the match didn't like, wasn't enough for him to say, okay, this is, I probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I get it. Ric Flair's done one thing in his whole life, and that was be a professional wrestler. And he What are you talking about? Hold know... on, hold on. Ric Flair's done many things in his life. He has styled, he has profiled, he has wheeled and dealed, he has limousine riding. Like, I mean, come on, these are jet all things flying. he's done. He's jet yeah. flying. He also uh apparently pulled his penis out in front of some people. And then helicoptered it. Yeah. Um he obviously also owns the um, Space Mountain ride, too. I hear yep. that he's always giving free rides on sure. the Space Mountain ride. Um, Oldest ride, longest line. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, he even defeated, like, God. Like, like Vince McMahon had a match against God, but, like, Ric Flair went toe-to-toe, and he kicked out. 
Like, that's what's crazy. Like, <laughs> I can't believe, like, that was, like, three years ago. And he's doing great. I mean, apparently, I mean, he's wrestling. Doctors are clearing him to wrestle. I remember towards the end of Pat Patterson's life when uh, he won the 24-7 title, they, they wouldn't even, even let him yeah. lay on his back. Yeah, no. <laughs> So, by all accounts, Ric Flair is doing pretty good, I guess. But, I, dude, I don't want to see that. I didn't want to see the first match, so I didn't watch it. No. I think that, like, someone needs to tell him, like, bro, you can't be doing this. Like, you forgot, like, the finish of the match because you literally passed out in the match. And, like, you were unconscious and you woke up and you didn't know what part of the match you were in. And it's like, dude, like... You don't look good anymore, but I mean, you're 70 something years old. You shouldn't look good anymore. No, it's oh my god. And the reason he wants to do it is because Ricky Steamboat apparently is stepping back in the ring, and he's the person that they asked to be in Ric Flair's final match, and he turned it down <laughs> for obvious reasons. I wouldn't want to be a part of that match. I'm surprised Jay Lethal. I mean, I know he's like his hero is Ric Flair, and they're good friends, but like. Good God, man. I would have been like, dude, you can't do this. Like, yeah, I don't know. What What are your thoughts on this? I, 2022. Like, once again, I just keep thinking to myself, I can't be surprised by anything else in this year. Ric Flair having his last match. Ah, ha, ha, that was hilarious. Ric Flair training to have another last match. Like, what is happening Dude, Ric Flair, hang up the boots. Like, do you need the money? Do you, do you like, love pro wrestling this much? You can't tell me that you love pro wrestling this much. I get it. It's the thrill of the crowd and everything. But, dude, your life is on the line here. You, have you ever seen the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke and The Ram? Like, we don't need that in real life, okay? I don't oh, need to you're see... Rick fucking Flair. Yeah. It's I don't not need to like see... you're Randy the Ram. You're Rick Flair. I don't want to see you going to the top rope and missing that spot that you always miss and then not getting up. Because I feel like that's how it would happen. And it is insanity. And we as a wrestling community need to take a stand here. And if he does have this match... We can't watch it. We have to take a stand and help this old man out by saying no, no, no. So we talk about all the time how crazy 2022 is for wrestling. And like we've completely like glossed over the fact that in 2022, Vince McMahon, Ric Flair, and Stone Cold Steve Austin all have wrestled matches. Yep. Two of That's those people crazy. in main events at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, that's how crazy 2022 has been. Like, yeah. <laughs> Once again, I would love to be able to go back in time to the first night we did this podcast all the way back in my old apartment and just be able to pop in for one minute in my kitchen and be like, all right, guys, these are the five things we're going to tell you about wrestling in 2022. 
there's a competition for WWE. Vince McMahon is gone. Everyone loves WWE again. <laughs> and then just see what their faces look like. Oh, man. Like, I don't even think that we'd be able to comprehend because, like, we would have so much explaining to do, like, why everything is the way it is. And I just don't, like, are we be looking at, it, or, like, our future selves? Just be like, dude. You guys got into some really hard drugs in the next five years, huh? Yeah, why you guys look really haggard. What happened? Oh yeah, we also you you have children now. And I would I would yeah. laugh. I would yep. laugh. <laughs> You're both married, you own houses, and you have children. You cool with that? Yeah. And wrestling's insane. 2022, baby! But the NFL is better than ever. Cheers to that. I mean, I you ever want to hear someone make predictions about an NFL game? You want to hear Chad and Diesel make predictions about an NFL game? Well, maybe check out our brand new podcast, View from the Top of the Goalpost. I think that's actually the first time I remember to say the name. Check it out on Visionaries Global Media each and every week. And hopefully soon on YouTube as well. This week on YouTube. Hopefully you're watching me say this on YouTube. Who knows? And it's available right now. And we're about to finish this podcast. So you can listen to our final thoughts and whatnot. And then head over and listen to us make some picks and talk about week two of the NFL. It's a great listen. You don't want to miss it. Damn right. You don't want to miss it. But as Diesel said, we've had enough fun chatting some wrestling. So monkeys in the back, hit that sound effect. All right, Diesel, final thoughts time, bro. What you got? Oh, geez, what's going on? So tonight I just remembered that when I'm done right now, I got to go make some uh, white chicken chili. I'm doing that. Uh, My sister's coming over for dinner, and that's what she requested. And I'm like, I haven't had it since, like, last winter. So, yeah, we'll make some. Um other than that, this weekend, what's going on this weekend? I don't think anything. So that's nice. Um, definitely going to be watching some football on Sunday. And, yeah, that's basically my plan. Like, I just sat in my chair all day on Sunday once I got home. Yeah. I don't know. Football is really exciting right now, and I can't wait. Yeah, I don't really have much. This is my one weekend in September where I don't have anything going on. So I think Allison and I are just going to try and be chill this weekend. Had a lot of weekends recently where it's just been go, go, go. So hopefully just staying home, watching some football, having some family time. And yeah, I don't know. Right now, uh, Dungeons and Junkies is great as well. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, you should check out our podcast here on Visionaries Global Media. I told you guys, self-promotion this week. That's all I'm going to do. Dungeons and Junkies, check it out every Tuesday and Friday on Visionaries Global Media. Yeah, I have nothing else for final thoughts. So Diesel, social media stuff so we can get on out of here.
You can follow me on Twitter at Diesel underscore VFTR. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad's underscore mind or at VFTR2PO. And follow us on Facebook or Instagram by searching View from the Top Rope Official. You can find us on YouTube, which is going to be more active, hopefully, because we're video recording. I don't know why we don't just put these up every time. Anyways, I mean, I don't mean to put more work on Chad. That's not what I'm trying to say. Whatever, we'll just gloss over that too. YouTube, View From The Top Rope. You can send your emails to viewfromtoprope at gmail.com. Follow Visionaries Global Media at Viz Global Media on Twitter. You can send your podcast into visionariesglobalmedia at gmail.com where we will definitely accept you. You're accepted right now. This is your acceptance like notification. Your podcast is accepted. Boom. We're uploading it to the web and various podcasting platforms such as Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podknife, and Potable. You know, this new mentality of yours of just going, 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 no matter what, it leads to some great moments because you definitely forgot the word for like the internet or anything. So yep. just watching <laughs> your brain, like you went into pure panic mode for a minute and then went web. And <laughs> like that old Spider-Man like thing where he was just like web. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought but, I did fine otherwise. Yeah, it was great. You're, you know, you had a week off and you feel like you got rid of the yips. You just needed that week off. I mean, I had a little bit of practice in the football podcast. Yeah. Well, we'll figure out a better ending for the football podcast soon. Yeah, eventually. Probably about like week 10 or 11. Oh, yeah. Not till the end. You know, we got to get our yeah. legs under us first. Oh, yeah. But yes, make sure you check out either VFTR 2.0, View from the Top of the Goalpost, Dungeons and Junkies, or any other great podcast here on Visionaries Global Media. Find us on so many podcasting platforms. Just type in either the name of your favorite podcast here on Visionaries Global Media, such as VFTR 2.0, or you can type in Visionaries Global Media. You will find us on a podcasting platform you enjoy. Make sure you're liking, commenting, sharing, upping, reposting, downloading, whatever you have to do on the podcasting platform that you enjoy most to make sure more and more people see all of these great podcasts so that more and more people can hear our dulcet tones. As always, I have been Chad. He has been Diesel. We thank you all so very much for listening to this madness that we call a podcast. Hopefully we've gotten you through that boring workday, that workout that we're so proud of you for finishing, or whatever else you happen to be doing while you listen to us. Please remember, be kind to each other out there. We're all just humans trying to survive on this blue spinning orb that we call Earth. So don't be a dick. And always remember to climb up high and enjoy the FTR 2.0.